Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. to let sip and talk with Freema. So it's Sunday, you guys. A lot of us don't have to work tomorrow. You, that's a great thing. We got a longer weekend to do whatever it is we want to do, but be productive. And remember what I always say, be kind. It does not cost you a thing. So today we have a guest that is a high school football coach. Um, he's a photographer and he's a scout writer. So I'm, I'm ready to talk to him and see all about this scout writing thing here. So I know y'all will be interested in that. So without further ado, let's bring on Wes. Hello, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fine. Thank you so much for taking time out to come on the show today and to talk with us and let us pick your brain a little bit. Thank you so, for having me. You're more than welcome. So Wes, tell us a little about yourself. So um, born and raised into the Air Force. Uh, both my parents were in. My mother uh, ended up serving 28 years. Uh, retired as an E-9 uh, Chief Master Sergeant. So I kind of uh, grew up a little bit of everywhere. Um, my parents split up when I was young. So back and forth in and out of like Georgia, Southern California, Texas, Arkansas, all throughout the South, um, even overseas. So got to move around quite a bit. My father is a photographer. Um, so I think I picked up that habit off of him. And then um, now I'm, I'm coaching football. Uh, getting ready to to welcome my first child in November. Oh, wow. um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Excited about to have a little boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, it's it's a different different uh, thought process, right. I guess, you know, getting ready to have a kid and everything. But um, still coaching football, high school football with uh, Littleton High School in Littleton, Colorado. And then um, I'm also a scout writer with Prep Red Zone Colorado, which is uh, – one of the networks for prep network. So one of the, the outlets that prep network covers, which they do basketball, girls, basketball, uh, boys, basketball, volleyball, both boys and girls, volleyball, and then football now as well. So okay. it's uh, pretty fun. Well, I just want to ask you really quickly. Um, you mentioned photography. Your dad did photography. What mm -hmm. was it that piqued your interest? Uh, was it something that he did particularly that make you say, you know, this is something I want to do? What made you pick that um, that up, you know, from your dad? I think it was um, I think it has a, a, a lot to do with one, being able to connect with my dad on something. So football was something I got into with my dad um, mm -hmm. uh, back in Georgia during the Pee Wee days. And then him being into photography, I'd, you know, always seeing him with a camera in his hand and stuff like that. And then once I started to pay attention to photography and what you can do with it. Right. So being able to, um, you know, just kind of capture a moment, uh, just a raw moment, just something that might go unnoticed, unthought about being able to capture that in a still image and, and have it displayed or just even being able to go back and, and look at it later. 
uh, but something very raw that, you know, you get to say like, hey, this is a moment in time that nobody else will ever think about looking at or or thinking about in general and and being able to be somebody that facilitates that to a viewer. You right. know, a nice little moment, something that I thought was, you know, worthy of of freezing in time, I guess you could say. How do you um, let's say walk on the beach or, you know, walk in the park? What pops in your head to say, you know what, this is and I don't even know if you can answer that question, but this is a great, you know, scene. I need to capture it. What happens all in here for you to know, OK, I need to capture this moment. I need to capture this scene. Sometimes for me, because um, I guess for everybody, it'd be different. But for me, it's just if it's if if I end up thinking about it, right, like if I you know, it's very easy to walk around and just kind of mm-hmm. not really think about what you're looking at. But I like to pay attention to my surroundings. And if something catches my attention for, you know, three, four steps, mm-hmm. um, not even seconds, because I'm not thinking like that. But if I find myself staring at something as I'm walking by it and I continue to look at it. Well, obviously, for some reason, it's interesting to me. Um, And then it's even before I take the picture, it's what story can I tell with Mm. this picture? So just because it's interesting to me, how do I make it interesting to somebody else? You know, what story can I tell from this one particular picture uh, without anybody ever knowing me, you know, knowing the area, knowing where I'm at, knowing what's going on? But can they see this picture and say, this makes me think of something, you know, more than what I'm just looking at. So usually it's something like that. Or um, if it's one of those moments when Colorado is one of those places where you can walk around and you can see something that will just kind of take your breath away, just a scene, just, you know, uh, nature landscape. If something like that, if I'm walking by and I'm just like, wow, you know, I want to share that with somebody if I can. So I try to take a picture of it. So that goes to what I was going to ask you next. Um, I've heard the phrase and I'm probably going to mess it up. I'm good for doing that. But a picture speaks a thousand words. Is that right? A picture's worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, the same thing, probably. Yeah, so along <laughs> those lines. So I now I understand where that phrase came from. Before it was just like, okay, you hear it and it's la la la. But now I understand you want to be able to you know, people to see that picture and, and like you said, be able to tell a story with, with it. Absolutely. So Absolutely. If you think of, um, I mean, there's a lot of pictures, but one of the ones that really sticks in my mind is uh, when the Ferguson riots were going on mm-hmm. and there's that picture of that young man with dreads that grabbed, um, I believe it was a, um, a tear gas canister mm-hmm. and he's throwing it back, but it's just the position that he's in and he's got, you know, something with the American flag on it, just that picture to me meant a lot. I mean, it, it, it showed what I believe is the foundation of this country itself is resilience, you know, and, and not willing to, to let somebody walk all over you and willing to fight back. But also you, you can see the frustration, the pain, the terror, the, just the background. I mean, regardless of of what your standpoint is politically or anything else when you look at a picture like that it's gonna make you think one way or the other it's gonna make you think it's gonna make you think of of some things that you know might be uncomfortable it's going to make you feel something and those are the pictures that that I strive for be it a at a wedding you know if I can capture a, a candid shot of even if it's just somebody in like that's not in the wedding but you know guests 
if I can capture a shot where you can see joy, uh, happiness, and and but you you can see it, but you can also feel it. Right. When you can when you can do that with a picture, you know, when you can have an image like that one of Ferguson that just pops in my head, um, regardless of, of what was going on, that image itself to me just stands alone. If mm-hmm. you can see a picture and you can think of something or or it makes you feel something to where it ingrains in your mind, um, to me that's that's more than just art. You know, that's uh, that's a service to somebody, in my opinion, like you're giving them something that they might not get elsewhere. Do you think um, being a photographer or having that eye to, you know, be able to tell a story from a picture? Do you think that's something everyone has or that's more like a gift or talent, you know, for you to be able to, you know, look at a picture? And like you're so passionate about that picture with Ferguson. Do you think everyone has that or you think it's just certain individuals? I think um, I, b- I believe it's a skill and skills can be developed and honed. You know, it, you don't necessarily have to be born with a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just it's really um, being able to change the way you look at the world, being mm-hmm. able to to think a little different, think outside the box, just mix it up. Uh, but I definitely believe that, that is something that anybody can do if they really wanted to. Um, it's not one of those, you know, God gifted talents, you know, like mm-hmm. singing or something like that, where there you can train yourself to sing, but not everybody can hit certain notes. You just it, you're just not capable right. of doing it. But I do believe everyone is capable of being able to at least learn it, uh, learn how to to take pictures, learn how to change what they look at, um, learn how they you know use their camera differently. A lot of people will buy cameras and not know how to use them. And and then there's a lot of kids out there that have never, ever been taught how to do this stuff. And they just kind of pick up a phone, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they're, they're making their own little comedy shorts on, on Mm -hmm. TikTok or or Instagram or something like that. So I I truly believe that it is something that anybody can learn how to do if they really wanted to. Do you take your camera with you on the football field, which I know that's probably like, no, I don't do that. But do you ever are you ever able to take pictures, um, you know, during a game or do you want to? I can't like, can you not do it? And you won't. So, <laughs> so that's that's actually a tough one. I've I've been thinking about it for a while because I'm I definitely want to get our players some pictures. But for me, when I'm coaching football, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a whole different mindset. I'm in a. I'm in a completely different zone. I'm locked in. Um, it's half the time. I mean, where I sit anyway, I'm up in the booth and and I have my headset on and there's not really a downtime, you know, for, uh, to be able to take pictures. So even when I go to practice and when I'm in coach mode, I'm just a coach. But when I go out as a scout writer, I definitely take my camera with me. Uh, there are a lot of times, though, that I'll, I'm at practice and I'll see something and I'm just like, man, if I had my camera and if I was off to the side, I could get a really good shot right now. But um, that one in particular is a little tough. But other than that, I take my camera everywhere else I go. OK, out to dinner. You take yes. your camera. Really? Yes. <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little weird. Um, I try not to to do the thing where I have like a gaudy camera bag with me. But right. if I go out, um, I have a smaller camera as well. I do have that one right there that's in the background. But um, I have a smaller camera that I might take. But if I take this one with me, um, I usually just sit it off to the side. I take uh, candid shots mostly, but I'll get some nice little shots off to the side. But when it's time to eat, of course, I put it away and and make sure I live in the moment. But a lot of the the camera going to dinner is more of of just 
the process of getting ready for dinner, the drive to dinner. Maybe if there's a walk, I might be able to, you know, get some nice shots. You never know. So to me, it's uh, better to have and not need than to need and not have. That's true. So, and I don't even know if you can answer this question. What is the, I don't want to say the weirdest. I don't want to say the strangest, you know, like time that you just took your camera out and, and, and captured a shot. Uh, I know we say, you know, you you do it, take it with dinner or for walk. So that's a date. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start mm-hmm. taking things on a date, <laughs> you know. But what would you say, like, gosh, I can't believe I pulled my camera out, you know, and, and took a picture? Um, I'd say it's it's a little tough now to think of something because I started doing street photography for a while. Yeah, and okay. with street photography, I mean, it's just if you're in the right place at the right time, you can, you can capture some crazy stuff. Um, but I would think, uh, probably one of the most awkward ones was when I was in Alaska, which I was in Alaska and I started photography out there back in 2011. And that was when I was carrying a camera with me everywhere and just happened to catch, um, a bear not too far from, from where I was standing, which is actually quite common out there. Uh, but, just standing there and you see a bear and you're in a neighborhood and it's a bear that's like came through the back of the neighborhood because they're coming mm. down rummaging through trash and stuff and it's just a quick and then you then you're like all right how can I get out of here without being noticed by this bear well, that definitely would have been scary <laughs> but um for the most part I think getting into street photography man I, I've I've seen and managed to capture some crazy shots even some shots that I don't um share or anything like that just because I I feel a little weird about it you know just what's going on because you know especially when you're in places where there's a a lot of homeless and and yeah and you see some things and some things that I've wanted to document um I would say probably the one that stood out the most as far as something like that goes is when I was in Alaska and there were two um homeless natives that were out there um Inuits and managed to take a picture of the two of them, but it was just, it was a very strange situation because uh, of, of the issues that go on with, you know, a lot of, of, yeah. of displaced individuals where they're, you know, addicted to something and out there it's alcohol. Alcohol is very bad for them out there. And um, it was shortly after that there was an altercation between a group of homeless that was, you know, I, I walked around the corner, kept going and, a group of homeless that were fighting over one particular liquor bottle. Yeah. I took a picture of it and then I felt weird about that. Um, I just felt like I, it was just a line crossed for me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like I work for a, a, a newspaper at the time or anything like that. So I, I actually deleted the picture, but it was probably, I'd say that one was the most uncomfortable because it, it made me feel some type of way, exactly. not just about their situation, but about me as a person walking by with a camera. Camera taking you know, a picture. Yeah. yeah. So it, it help me balance that out in a sense so I mean, but there's a lot of instances like that where it's like, wow this is kind of different wow that's cool that's cool I never really was able to pick the brain of a photographer so <laughs> you know that's really cool to have how you guys have the eye for certain things the sunset you know a certain time mm-hmm. to capture that beautiful picture um do you do I know you mentioned a wedding so I'm pretty sure you do like weddings and do you do just regular photography as far as and I don't know if it's called regular photography but you know just taking a photo shoots for um individuals mm-hmm. and, you know designing it as far as the whole setup mm-hmm. um so I I actually haven't shot weddings yet uh, I've I just recently went to my my sister got married in Delaware on the 20th of August and so I was there and 
we managed to use the venue a little bit for me to take a couple of uh, maternity pictures of my girlfriend. But um, there was moments during the the reception where like I kind of kind of slid to a side and took a candid shot, but trying to stay out of the way of the actual photographers that are there. Um, so weddings are something that I, I'm actually planning on trying to get into. It's just I haven't worked my way into that yet. I typically do portraits, which, you know, going on a, on a photo shoot with somebody um, and posing them, finding different locations. That's usually what I do is, uh, is portraits. I try to, um, I, I try to do headshots as well. Okay. Um, little discounts inside. I do a lot of stuff with high school kids in general, be it the scout writing or coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do senior portraits for, you know, football players or just for, for students in general, anybody with a 3.0 or over automatically gets, you know, $30 off an hour of their mm-hmm. shoot. So I try to do that. And I do the same thing with military. I do the military discount just because it, it means something to me. But um, I make sure to to do portraits. Uh, one of my favorite things are events. I love going to to any type of event and not necessarily having to be the the photographer at the event that's got to you know, pose with people and has a backdrop somewhere and taking pictures. Um, I like to uh, take candidates. So I, I like my hardest to freeze the real the the little real moments, be it at parties or or graduation events, anything like that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, cars. I love going to car shoots. Okay. Uh, cars are are a big thing for me, so I'll go to car shoots, car meets, um, take pictures there. Of course, some sports photography. I shot for a youth football team out here not too long ago, so. Uh, I'd, I'd say that I, I kind of dabble in a lot, you know, yeah, sounds like that's most awesome. of it. Anyway. That's cool. That's awesome. It seemed like it's refreshing for you, <laughs> you know, because you actually enjoy it. But it's funny because you seem so cool, calm and collect. So I'm used to the football coaches that <laughs> be fussing. And it, do you do you fuss? Do you like or you just kind of roll with the flow? Uh, you seem like you get angry. <laughs> oh no, I'm a I'm a little wild. Um, usually that's where I can get it out though, uh, and a, and I make sure to hone it in a in a, a different way as well. So I'm not out there, you know, just yelling at kids right. for no reason, wilding out. But I I'd like my you know I like to try my hardest to bring as much energy as I can, um, change the tempo up. So depending on on you know what day of the week it is as well. Like if we're earlier in the week, I might be a little bit more intense, a little. A little, you know, more hop to it type yelling and, and and bringing a whole lot of energy. And then as the practice goes on towards the end of the day or as we're closer to game day, mm-hmm. the the wildness kind of goes away and it, yeah. it more of, you know, becomes like a teacher. Right. Um, somebody trying to make sure that I can mold them, get them to understand what's going on, but also making sure that that energy is still there. But in more mm-hmm. of a like, oh, we're laughing, joking not like everything's got to be high intense. It's you know, right. that's something I picked up from the military is sometimes you go um, high speed, high stress. And then sometimes you go, you know, um, low stress, high speed, and then mm-hmm. vice versa, you know, just keep switching it around just to yeah. see what helps the kids. But a lot of the times they, they respond really well to, to that energy. But I, I will say I'm kind of a, a wild one that, you know, on the football, <laughs> but I stand around looking a little angry for no reason. <laughs> I even say it, you know, sometimes I'm like, I just, I'm angry for no reason. I don't get it, <laughs> but it's, it's typically on the field. Okay. Okay. Now the scout writing, how does that work? What exactly is that? Do you go around and like, what exactly is that? So um, 
working with with prep network i started with them doing basketball um so i was a basketball scout writer for high school basketball and the way i always explain it is i'm kind of like the middleman between college scouts and high school athletes and so all i'm doing is trying to bridge the gap and make sure that as many athletes in the state that i can cover that at least i can see or um um find out about if somebody can put them on my radar and say, Hey, you should look at this kid. Uh, this is what I think of them. And then I'll try to find some film on them um, and then write about them and, and write about them in a way that lets, you know, colleges out there say, Hey, there's, there's some potential in Colorado, be it at whatever level from um, JUCO um, NAIA D3 all the way up to, to D1 power five. Like if we can find somebody and get some of these kids to to be recognized. So I started with boys basketball out here, and then we picked up uh, prep hoops for the girls' side, and I started writing for both. And then when prep red zone came about, um, I was like, hey, that's you know that's right up my alley. That's what I coach. Right. That's definitely what I want to do. And so I started writing um, for them. And all it is is just go to camps, go to tournaments if I can watch games so I coach so I can't go to games as much right um but I can you know watch them afterwards stream something watch highlights and try to do my best to get as many or get as many names of these players as I can on our website so hopefully a coach will come by and say hey you know what I want to see what this kid from um little resurrection Christian you know a two-way school I want to see what what this kid can do or or, hey, I've heard of, of this kid from Cherry Creek. Let me go and look at him. So um, it's it's really just kind of trying to bridge that gap, you know, and help out with recruiting in this state. That's nice. Okay, so it is, you said for the state, so it is just the state of Colorado, you know. Uh, that I work for. We we are national. So if I, so we do have a couple of, of teams that are playing out-of-state games. Um, and then we have a team that is actually hosting an out-of-state game. So they'll be playing um uh a team from Washington I believe is coming down and so if I'm somewhere and there's a kid that stands out and he's from like Minnesota I can write about him and then I can just make sure that it's known that he's from Minnesota and what school and we're in I I believe we're in about 40 states give or take a few um it's been a while since I've looked at how many prep red zones have popped up but I can also tag the network for that state so because we're national and like I know there's one in Arkansas and so if if I were, you know, to see a kid out here that mm-hmm. came for a tournament that is from like North Little Rock, I can write about him and then I can also tag North Little Rock. So the people who are subscribed to North Little Rock's um, network, it will still pop up in their feed as well as the Colorado one. So we are national um, uh, prep network is national. And then it's just we break it down by state. They got you. Okay, okay. Now, I normally ask all the individuals that come on the show, you know, and share they, their journey with mm-hmm. us for the little Wests out there, the little ones that expire, inspire to be, you know, a photographer or even a, a coach or a scout, but they're doubtful. You know, they need mm-hmm. that motivation. They need that those encouraging words. What would you tell them? Trust yourself and be honest with mm-hmm. yourself. That's I, I think that one is actually bigger. Being honest with yourself mm-hmm. about what it is that you want and who you are. You know, a lot of people deal with um, other people trying to tell them, you know, who they are, what they should be, what what is right. acceptable. 
I think uh, uh, the younger generation is doing a great job at actually putting their foot down and saying, you know what, I'm going to live my life how I want to live my life. And it was weird, you know, being a photographer, you know, uh, especially in the hood, you're not a photographer growing up anyway, not, not at that age. Um, it, it wasn't something that people really like to do, but at the same time, it was one of those things that when done correctly, everybody liked the pictures, you know, like they look at them like, Oh, these are nice pictures. And then it turns into like, all right, well, that's the photographer person, but there can be more than one. I mean, there's so many photographers out there. And so that's an avenue that you can get into and, and coaching is the same way. There's a lot of players that I have met that just get the game in a different way that may not have been, you know, or may not be the most athletic. I personally was nothing to talk about when it comes to football, like Mm -hmm. playing football. It just, it wasn't, you know, I moved around so much. It really, I never got big. I mean, it was just one of those things that I did because it was cool. It was kind of fun, but it was what it was. And it wasn't until later after high school and stuff that I really started studying this game in just a different way. So I started to realize that some of the people I would talk to about football, it wasn't the same until I started talking to coaches. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm looking at this game different. And so I fall in one of those categories as those who can do, those who can't teach when it comes to football. So I I teach the sport, but that doesn't mean that there's somebody out there who's good at at the game that can go pretty far and wants to get into coaching, get into coaching. Even if you're somebody who wants to get into coaching and you've never played, learn it. You can learn. It's it's it goes back to what you were asking about. You know, can anybody have that eye for photography? Anybody can do majority of the jobs that are out there. You can learn to do them. Um, there's very few jobs and careers that really require that just born with it talent. There's there's a lot of it that can be learned. Now, of course, that you know, it's not everything, but uh, a, something like coaching. I mean, if there's kids out there that want to do anything, if you want to be a video gamer, right? Like there are kids when I was you know growing up, I wanted to play video games. It's like you're not going to make money playing video games. Well, guess what people are doing now? Yeah, they're making, making money. money playing video games, and so there's an avenue for it. So just just be honest with yourself about who you are, about what you want and, and strive for it. You know, yeah. don't, don't let anybody knock you off of that. Find, surround yourself with those, those people that are are kind of in the same or similar avenues that can help mentor you because right. uh, doing it alone is, is tough. So try to find a mentor and be honest that you might need one, you know, and, and don't shy away from it. And I just That's say, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Be honest and go for it. That's it. Surround yourself around people that are doing what something that you would want to do or mm-hmm. or at least know. similar you know yeah, similar mindset yeah. um there's i keep hearing stuff that that kind of goes around the same ideal that uh you know if if you're trying to you know if you're trying to be financially stable don't you might not want to surround yourself with people right. who are not financially right. stable right you might want to switch that circle um saw something where I think it was Meek Mill and, and I could be wrong in the person, but I think it was Meek Mill where he said, if you're the richest person in the room, you need to find a new room. Mm. All right. Like in, in that setting, you know, mm. if I'm the richest person in my room, I'm going to be happy about it. But if, if, you know, I'm Meek Mill and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I need to surround myself with borderline billionaires so I can mm. figure out how to get there. So if, if you want to be a broadcaster, if you want to be a writer, a, a, 
announcer, a dancer, surround yourself with the people that are going to keep you motivated to continue to do it, especially when you can find somebody who you can build off of and who challenges you to challenge yourself. You know, that that is where I think people strive the most is when they're in situations like that. So, you know, like minded individuals, like minded individuals and individuals that's going to motivate you. Yes. Individuals that's already there, you know, we have to do it and don't feel so, you know, a lot of people may feel like beneath and I don't even like to use that word, but don't look at yourself that way. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they they started out somewhere as well. So and that real leaders will teach you how to lead, will teach you how to get there, you know. So absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I understand. understand. A real leader will will get you where you need to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you were saying about, you know, the the feeling as if you were less than or not equal mm-hmm. enough and not good enough. Uh, I mean, I, I was somebody who procrastinated in coaching football for a long time. It was I'd, it was always, oh, man, it would be cool if. You know, it, it would be so much fun if I could coach football. Oh, coaching football would be a dream come true. And one day, and it was really when Sean McVay became uh, the head coach of the Rams. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude is like six months older than me. And he's the head coach of an NFL team. Yeah. And I'm over here wishing and wanting to, you know, and, and dreaming about coaching a youth team. Like, yeah. okay, go coach a youth team. And so that's how I started. I started coaching with the Boulder Bears and then, the following year I was at Boulder high. And then from there um, I was with mountain range in the spring. And now I'm, I'm coordinating a defense uh, for Littleton high school and varsity. And it's just one of those things that the only thing that changed, right. I learned along the way, but the only thing about me that really changed was I stopped wishing and wanting. And I actually just started going for it. Yeah. Like, and it's the same thing with photography. Photographers are their worst critics, just like any other artist. Um, they're their worst critics, uh, uh, photography pages. If you notice they're um, if you ever look through one, the people who are, are liking the pictures the most and are really like commenting and stuff are other photographers. So a lot of the times when, when these content creators are making their pages, they're almost marketing to other content creators. And so you kind of can, you can get lost in the competition because there's not really a competition, but you make one up in your mind. And so then it turns into I'm not good enough, which is like the weddings thing. Like I used to tell people, nope, there's no way I'll ever shoot a wedding. And in my mind, it was because I am not a good enough photographer to be out here shooting a wedding. And I feel like that is something so important to someone that I don't want to be the person who messes it up because those pictures are too important, especially to the bride and the bride's mother. Like those are the two people. And and I'd say the, the mother of the groom as well. Those are the three most important people when it comes to those pictures, when it comes to those memories. And I've always felt like I'm not good enough for this. And then I've had people who are, you know, certified in that, in, in that genre of photography say, Hey man, you can do this. Like if you're a candid photographer, you're already halfway there. All you have to do is just surround yourself with somebody who knows what they're doing and, and learn the technical aspects and then apply what you already know to it. But there's no reason why that photographer is better than you other than the fact that they just went for it and they kept going. Absolutely. Whereas if you're saying, oh man, I'm not good enough. You know, like I'm, I'm beneath that. You are automatically setting yourself up for that failure. Absolutely. That's a hundred percent. And you won't know until you do it, you know? And, and we always say that what if would drive you crazy? What if I would have did it? What if I would have did it? You know, you don't know because you didn't do it. So just do it. Just do it. Right. 
Right. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I enjoyed our conversation, Wes. I really did. I appreciate you sharing that with, you know, sharing your journey with us, sharing your passion with us. Is there anything else you would like to put out there in the universe that we did not discuss? Um, I mean, other than, you know, go for it, you know, yeah. be who you are and, and live your life to the fullest. I mean, 100% effort, 100% of the time and whatever it is that you truly enjoy. I mean, if there's anything that I could ever give out, you know, it'd be something like that. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I think we might have uh, touched up on everything. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. And don't be hard on that little baby boy. <laughs> when you to play football. <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that because uh, we're actually um, they're getting ready to set up the baby shower and um, they're going through all that. And we're being asked about themes. And one thing that I said was, is. I really don't, um, I don't have a theme in mind. Like, I don't know if I want to do like slap cars around the room or sports stuff. Cause you know, it's, that's all my image. That's right, not going right. to be his image. I don't, I don't know what his is. So one thing that I was actually mentioning that I do want to put up around the walls are, um, like, like scenery pictures, you know, okay. just, just nice pictures of mountains or waterfalls or jungles yeah. or whatever, uh, something to, to kind of pique the interest, but let the mind wander as well, rather mm. than, like, um, you know, just narrowing it in a certain boom, direction. Football, right. boom, right. Boom, a car. Right. Let their mind go wherever they decide wherever to say that mountain was taking them, whatever they were climbing or ride, driving by it, you know. So, yeah, Absolutely. Because like he's going to see football with me. Yeah. I mean, he's going <laughs> to see a lot of football. I don't need to throw it in his walls. Mm -hmm. I, I remember my mom did something like that. Just, you know, oh, I'm, I have my, I have a son. Let me, you know, boy his room up a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, there's this picture of John Elway on my wall when I was a kid. I wasn't a Broncos fan. And I honestly wasn't even an Elway fan, but I remember <laughs> looking at that picture like, I don't know why this picture is up here. Like, I, I don't like it, but I'm not going to take it down because my mom put it up there because she, you know, was doing something nice. But in my head, every time I look at this picture, I'm like, I don't like this picture. I don't care. And so that's one thing I don't want to do is say, you're going to look at these cars because I like cars, so you like cars. So, yeah. you know, I, the one thing that I think I need to not do is try not to be too hard on myself to not be so hard on him. Right. Because I, I, that's been my biggest fear is being ready, getting ready to be a dad is being one of those dads. It's a little overbearing. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. I don't think you will, though. And everything just comes <laughs> so natural. So, yeah. hey, I'm pretty sure he'll be a great kid. You seem like a great guy. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you taking a time out with us today, Wes, again. Um, you know, just continue to be you, continue to be great and love on that little boy as soon as he get here in November. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Thank you so much for You're more than me welcome. Thank you so much for joining us and you have a great day today yeah. and a, a safe Labor Day, everybody. Make oh, sure yes. y'all, you know, stay hydrated, have fun, be with family, whatever it is you do, but always be kind and be ready for the work week. Be productive. Go back Tuesday. Make sure y'all make it on Tuesday. As we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love.